podcast giving you an insight into the minds of musicians with me, Ellie Rashid. And me, Hattie Winter. So this week we are moving away from music and talking about poetry and playwriting with the one and only Lids. Lids. Lids' work focuses on deconstructing the human condition through the prisons of black womanhood, music, the erotic, spirituality and radical tenderness. Lids is a super active part of the writing world, which I'm sure you'll hear throughout the episode. She co-facilitates Prism Writers, which is a black women's writer group at Southbank Centre. She's a writer in residence on Dialogue, plus has had her work published by the likes of Afropunk, Silo Studios, Lungs Project and the journal Call and Response, to name but a few submissions. We really enjoyed talking to Lids in this episode where she explains a little bit about her creative process and her medium to search for the truth and where music ends and writing begins. But before we start this interview, Lids has kindly let us use an excerpt from her audio poetry collection, My Love is the Mid-Morning Sun. This track is called Part of a People and... I think it might be one of my favorites actually i love this track so much super beautiful so gorgeous it's a really wonderful way to kick off the podcast so uh yeah sit back relax and keep it on repeat with lids of a people whose very presence is perceived as black as the skin they wear. My skin is synonymous with survival and strength, labour and fantasy as ghostly and subhuman. I hold rocks and oceans in my stomach and equate their density for my identity. I must hide my heart in my sleeve. I am erased and positive, depleted and cheerful. I do not have the luxury of mediocrity or the freedom to exist of myself solely for myself. I cannot be invisible, for invisibility means death and if I am breathing, I must not die. When I am visible, I am too blinding, holding my breath and they want me dead. I must fly too close to the sun or sink six feet. I have no middle ground. I am part of a people whose very presence is perceived as black as the skin they wear. The best way to remember, because I write script, I've been writing scripts, play scripts as well, that I want to to be put on. And when I perform my own poetry is if you kind of, live in the line I know that might sound really (laughs) but like if you can emote the like you can almost feel what the line means then it kind of is easier to remember Mm. in a sense maybe I don't know maybe that's just me but I found that to be the easiest do you perform Mm. your poetry with books I do with your notes I do now when I first started which was at uni I didn't so for my um Albany show I had one piece that had a book and then the rest was not with the book. And in that moment, that's when I felt like I was really embodying the words. 
And it was almost as if I was the person who had maybe written them toward or the people or whatever, like I was really within it and I was speaking to them directly um, and feeling every emotion behind each word and remembering why I chose every word but also as a writer maybe it's easier because I actually wrote those words I think if there's somebody else's it might be harder to Mm. have that relationship with the words but I found that that's what helped me remember it it was like I know the journey I'm going on and I've practiced this enough and also I know (laughs) the journey that I'm on where I can feel myself moving through it yeah I was gonna say because also then it is your journey rather than someone Mm. else's that you're trying to find your journey in if you you say that you've learned it mm. and you wrote it and you know every single like intricacy of the line, like how do you manage to keep that fresh? Does it ever get to a point where it's stale or do you ever get to a point where you're acting certain bits of the emotion? Mm. Um, I think I don't perform, the, there's one particular poem I'm thinking about. I don't think I perform it enough for it to have gotten stale yet. Mm. Um, I'm still very much in the infancy of my career, very much so. Um, but also I like feeling things to be honest maybe that's Mm. it could just be that I like feeling emotions Um, and so I like revisiting emotions and it's nicer because I'm not I don't feel I'm not in it every day like it's not raw it doesn't pain me but I enjoy feeling it Um, and so I guess I'm just yeah it's just fun Mm. to be in in emotion you know I've heard that some of the best art that is made um is when you're sort of detached from a situation that Mm -hmm. you've been in sometimes but do you ever write when you're really feeling pain or do you write away from it that's quite a personal (laughs) deep question it's a good good one though um I think of Amy Winehouse Mm -hmm. and how she was detached enough to be able to write it or maybe not detached enough talented enough to be able to articulate it in a way that was just heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. But like when I listened to Back to Black, you can tell she was really in it when she um, was writing it. And that's what you feel every time you hear it. Mm-hmm. However, the downside to that is, you know, unfortunate. Her, you know, she felt it so much and was in it so much and wouldn't let herself heal from it. Um, you know, she ended up how she ended up and was using things to cope with all those emotions. So I think... In terms of health, in terms of your health and your mental health, yeah, definitely it's better to be detached. But there's nothing like being able to articulate a feeling that you're in, and being able to then return back to it every time you, you know, go back to that piece or perform that piece. It's just like this moment of such truth, I guess. Do you get um, um, like? Do you feel like it's catharsis in it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it can be a lot. And I think you, it's learning the balance as well so that it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't harm you, you know? I don't mm. know if I'm making, I'm, mm. I do not know if I'm being clear. Definitely. Is there still in like the performance side or in like the actual side before you even get to that point? Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think in the performance, it's better to, better to be detached. Um, so I can give an example. In first year, um, I did I did uh, popular music uh, at Goldsmiths and in our first year we had an assessment where we had to cover a song um, and in that song it was about um, it was this Jay um, yeah Jay Cole song um, and he'd written it about when Mike Brown had been shot like from that mm. perspective so because it was about something like that I wanted to 
feel it so much. I wouldn't talk to anyone. I kind of secluded myself from everyone. I was just in this really darkish space. It wasn't too bad, but in this space. So when I went to perform it, I was so emotional. I could barely get the words out without my voice cracking all over the place. And so then I was then con- really self-conscious um, about how I was sounding. So it was just all, it was all over and I had a horrible kind of um, experience up there. And then I had, I was just, I was bursting into tears, bawling for hours afterwards. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being detached enough so that when you go up there and perform, you can actually perform, but being in it enough so that you're feeling it, you know, um, yeah. Because if you feel it, then I guess it has that effect on, it bounces off the yeah. audience, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and it makes it more authentic. Yeah, definitely. I'm really interested when when you speak and you're so like, honest and it feels like it's not easy for everyone to just express themselves really freely. Mm. So I'm just interested in, in you and have you always been like that? And have you been encouraged to kind of speak freely mm. or is it something that you figured out for yourself that that was good for you or I'm just interested like from just the perspective yeah. of you really as a person that's a really interesting question um I think in, in inherently yeah I don't get embarrassed that easily um <laughs> that's great that's such a good thing <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh um and I yeah, I, I like, in fact, my singing teacher from Goldsmiths called me like a truth merchant. And at the time, <laughs> I was like, that's a really big thing to say. But I, I've been thinking about it a lot since then. I think the truth has always been something I've always chased. I grew up in a very religious family. Mm. And I think the reason why I held on to it in in comparison to my siblings who didn't, and who were a bit more att- detached from it, whereas me, I threw my whole self into it, is because at the time I believed it to be the truth. And I just, I'm, on, I'm always searching for the truth. I think that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, particularly with writing, I think when I found something where I feel like I could tell the truth, my truth anyway, I've just kind of just run with it. And I think that's been my whole life up to finding writing was, or finding poetry was what what is the way that I tell the truth will tell my truth um because going around just talking isn't it and I thought it was music but actually when I started writing I was like no this is me like this is my voice finally this is my the truth coming out through me um and that's why it keeps me going really because like no one's buying books well no that's not true (laughs) that's not true it's not that no one's buying books it's that as a poet it's like people have to like your work. They're not just going to be like, oh, here's, um, like, for example, a nonfiction book on, like, not using your phone. If I don't want to use my phone, I will buy that book because of what I'm looking but, for. Yeah. Whereas if you're a poet, they have to want to buy it because of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Poetry is already a, a bit divisive. Yes. And there's so many different forms of it yeah. that it's not like a... It can be a bit intimidating to some people yeah. as well. So it's like wanting to write for a living is already a little bit light, but it keeps me going. How long have you been writing poetry for? Because I, I feel like I saw on Instagram you said, maybe you posted something like, like you always want to do this and like didn't do it and then mm, you finally like yeah. did it when you were a bit older. Yeah, so when I was... 
I think the post you're referring to was when I was about, when I was 18, I used to keep a diary and I was just reading through the diary. <laughs> There's something else that came to mind. Um, <laughs> I was reading through the diary and uh, in there I had written how I want to be a poet in the diary, which was crazy because I wasn't writing poetry at the time. Mm. I was just, I was doing um, a B-Tech of music and um, music performance and I wanted to be a musician, but I think I just wrote, I want to be a poet, I want to, be able to articulate my thoughts through words. And I can't remember exactly how I'd, what I'd written. Um, and then it wasn't till I got to uni and then I was doing the music thing and I was kind of just writing small little poems for myself. Um, and then like I wrote something where I was like, oh, this is, I think I might be good at this. Like, this is me. Um, but I guess I've always been writing mm. without knowing it. And not in super intentionally. I think I do it quite intentionally now, but back then not so much. Would you call yourself a poet or a spoken word artist? Or because I was, um, I was chatting to Hattie about this before. Because mm. this podcast is mainly based around musicians, I mm-hmm. guess, and talking about musicians' creative process. And maybe I don't know. It's subjective in a way because I see what you do is music. Okay. Mm. But um, I wonder how you felt about that. <laughs> I would call myself a poet and writer. Right. Um, I think not spoken word artist, because I think for me, from my experience, spoken word is more about the performance aspect. Whereas for me, the word poet is more about the actual words themselves that you're using um, and what images they're conveying. Um, No, I wouldn't see what I do as music at all, because I think, I'm trying to find a way to put it, it's not, to necessarily be listened to. Right. Um, I want my work to be read, really, or experienced in the theatre space, like if it's a play. Um, but but I think maybe music in and of itself, re- I reference it so heavily mm. and it's so like permeated in my work um, that, and it's like the backbone of my writing practice, yeah. definitely, yeah. I would say that. I'm just thinking as a, as a creative process mm. as well, there must be some similarities between lyric writing mm-hmm. for you and and writing your poetry. Would you say, or do you think you use different strategies or see it as the same thing? I have thought about this a bit. I would akin, or I would say that writing a poem is more akin to like a composer or a producer mm. than a songwriter. Because I think if you take words as notes, for example, for being really taking the analogy really literally, um, you're painting an image with words. And I think a producer or composer is painting an image with notes or with samples or sounds. I find that to be more of what how I think rather than the actual words of a song. Um, there's a lot of songs that I love that I don't know the words to because that's not what I'm hearing or listening to. It's the the melody, it's the rhythm, it's the the timbres, the textures. That's the stuff that influences me. And what I'm hearing, I try to write that and mimic that. Um, and I want so it's like the musicality of a song is what I want in a poem. Oh, can you give like some kind of example of that? Like I'm. Like, would it be a sort of a, a song in particular? Burial, for example. You know Burial, the mm. musician? Like, his music to me is like South London, that like South West London, like Vauxhall at night, Oval, that kind of area. 
um, being on the night bus, that um, kind of, I don't know, like loneliness, but not aloneness or maybe aloneness and not loneliness, like solitude. Mm. Um, That's what his music kind of reminds me of. So yeah, I have that experience a lot where like you listen to something and it sounds warm or it sounds cold or it sounds big or small or it sounds like you're in a huge space or an intimate enclosure, you know, and I want to do the same thing in my writing. I'm just imagining because you were talking about music um, inspiring you. Mm. Uh, So do you ever sort of, do you listen to it and then write with it sort of in the background or can you just write? I'm I'm trying to imagine how you... A mixture of the two, depending on the piece itself. Um, So I wrote a poem recently. So I'm in a writer's group with my friends and we do like a free write, 20 minute free write. So I was listening to Retrograde by James Blake, like Mm. on repeat, because even though the poem isn't about what James Blake is singing about, um, just a lot of the little mini references. So for example, um, the poem was about how I have a tendency to be a bit emotionally volatile, easily kind of swept to the left and the right. Um, And just some of the things I was hearing Oh God, what what's, what was one of the things? Okay, so the the main swelling part of that song, if you remember it, is like this big sawtooth wave. So like I used sawtooth wave in the poem. Like, so that's more what I'll do. So like just things that I'm hearing or little tiny little things will, little connections. They just, I don't know how my brain does it, to be honest. <laughs> but they just make these little connections between things and I just want to write them. I just write them out really. I love that. Mm. And I love that with the James Blake song as mm. well, because that is actually a really, um, uh, I want to say colourful, but yeah. I mean, I don't actually, I see it as like a lot of different shades of sort mm. of grey and blue. Grey and blue, yes. Grey and blue, metallic, yeah. but like not cold in a, uh, like like that the Arctic, not like an artificial cold, mm. like a fridge, but like a natural cold or yeah. like yeah. like a lip, like a smoke. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like yeah. living smoke kind of. Yeah, thing. isn't like that funny that we Edinburgh think- Air or something? That's mm. what I think of when I think of his music, particularly that album. Particularly, I always find it mad when everyone says the same color yeah. for, for something. But then I think mm. that means that that artist's intention was so clear, and they did all that they could to get that across. Do you know what I mean? Like. They, that was something at, in my undergrad that was really drummed into me and that I really, really learned was about intention and wanting to get a point across so that if everyone's kind of hearing a similar thing or feeling a similar thing, then maybe that's what you wanted to say. Yeah, I guess it's like, yeah, like stripping away the ambiguity, mm-hmm. Having, mm-hmm. A, having a focus, having a yeah, point. Yeah, being clear, yeah, exactly, exactly. Even if it is in the ether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What colour do you think your poetry would be? If James Blake is grey, what colours mm. are you? Wow. Um, I feel like it's such a goldsmith's question. No, I, is your these poetry? are sick questions. <laughs> um, the first thing that came to me was orange. Yeah, I would say that. Because even if it's, um, even if it's speaking on something uncomfortable or dark, it's still got that warmth. I, that's that's kind of that's just me like I'm quite a warm person mm. um and I like that to come out in all of my work um I don't want to feel distant I want you to feel, I want, it, I want it to feel inviting
so you're starting to write plays mm. and the screenwrites screenwriting um how did you move into that like how so I started in fact this is another thing so when I was about 14 I'd written a play for drama it wasn't very good but I'd written something I really enjoyed the process of it and then I remember saying I want to be a playwright and then never doing anything with it and then I started working excuse me I started working at the Arcola Theatre oh. uh, the end of 2018 and that was in the second year of my master's of black British writing. And in that, we studied a lot of plays. Mm. Um, and I grew up going to the West End and stuff. And um, being at the Arcola, being around theatre people um, and seeing a lot of shows. Obviously, you see shows all the time when you're an usher there. Mm. Um, and I think that I just started having these stories and these narratives and these characters that were just kind of just sitting there like on me, like just yeah. waiting to have a story be told. And I find that plays are really alive and immediate and, and um, urgent in a way that, and then, and yeah, in a way that I, I, that I like, and I like that um, you can have a character, but it's still, but it's performed rather than just being read, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of came out of, Nowhere really. Yeah, but, but as you said, they're all linked. Yes, it's like, the, it's like absolutely. A, a cousin to mm. poetry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a nice one. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. How do you approach writing a play as opposed to writing a poem? It's because mm. like you're you're almost reliving the the moment, I suppose, mm. in poetry and putting it into a way to be performed. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. How do you approach the the differences? Because it's so new, I'm learning what the differences oh, yeah. are at the moment. Um, there's not in terms of the language I keep it the same I love language and metaphor and um, figures and in imagery and all of those things and I still keep that in my playwriting process but I am planning on doing a couple just like courses or things with playwriting just to broaden yeah just to broaden because at the moment I'm I'm seeing it more from a poetry perspective but there's so much that theatre can do mm. as well um but I also just think it's about narrative that's yes that's the main difference with a poem poems don't need narrative you could literally take a little glue dot like a not glue dot like a tiny little dot on your hand and you could write an epic poem about it that's 500 pages just on the one blue dot whereas a play is a story and a narrative and a structure with characters that go on a journey. Um, and I think that's the main difference. That's the main difference I have to, mm. to be in. And I suppose also those characters each go on a journey. Well, my play is a one woman show oh, nice. from one person's perspective, but she has characters speak to her, even though she's, she plays all of the characters, but it's from one mind perspective. Mm. If that makes sense. I think that's yeah. See, I haven't done that yet. That's a diff. That would be the new challenge when I have multiple voices yeah. and multiple perspectives. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to yeah to multiple that motives. Yeah, absolutely. Is that something you'd perform as well? Mm -hmm. If it's one, no, no. So, I am oh, not an actor. How interesting. <laughs> no, no, oh. no, no, no. So, how would you go about finding the right person the audition, to audition, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, but what would you be looking for? Uh, um, so that's a good question. I'm looking for someone who is 
articulate and can, you know, can get words around their mouth quite easily. Mm -hmm. And also someone who is earnest and isn't afraid of um, feeling and, you know, feeling openly. Um, I don't want someone who keeps all of their feelings in and doesn't show them on their face. Uh, most of the things, because I think like you were saying about honest, my characters are very honest as well. Mm. That that part of me does come out in my characters that I write. So I would want an actor who is willing to be honest mm. on the stage. I feel like to find that, like, this is such an interesting question about truths and performance and that line between like art and reality in a way, because I feel like to find that, you would have to have a performer who is maybe sure of themselves or or three-dimensional as a person mm -hmm. um, away from any character that they're playing in order to embody yeah. what they're trying to portray. I, I feel, and I feel like maybe to get there, like say if you were to have an audition, I guess you'd try and just have a normal conversation, yeah. <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. to find out their truth. I don't know. Like, um, But I feel like someone like you would be able to work that out because you're so you're so honest and truthful and quite intuitive also. yeah intuitive yeah, re reading energy I'm quite good at that yeah I think and I'm also willing to I don't mind things taking time as well that's nice um I'd rather set something take ages get it right then okay I want to write a play and I want to put it on and blah, 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 and it's not quite what I wanted it to be mm -hmm. I'm okay being patient in the in my work absolutely um so, I mean, this play's taking me ages to write anyway because I'm figuring it out as I'm writing it, but these characters are just not leaving me alone. Like, they are like, we have a, particularly the main character is all the, this perspective is like, you have, you're telling my story. And I'm like, all right. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to figure it out because you won't leave me alone until <laughs> it's done. Just parts of their lives that don't even get written down. Like, I know about, upbringing their parents how their parents met where mm. their parents were born and this 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 stuff that isn't got isn't going to be <laughs> in the narrative um but i've just got all of this this thick world and universe and it's like this universe is going to be on my back until this play gets done where is mm. it set is it set like here is yep. it what you yeah it's set in london it's set it's modern uh contemporary um it's like a magic realist thing so, but I love doing that, also realist, but I love doing that when it's set in like really modern, I don't know, not not modern, but like in just normal life. Like reality. Yeah, reality. Mm. That's it, that's it. Because I think when it's fantasy, you you suspend, um, you can suspend belief and you can go there. But I think when you're in reality and then something kind of like surreal or magical or kind of, I don't know, um, abstract happens, it really... It takes you by surprise, and that's oh. what I want to do to the audience. Definitely. I Have you um, ever seen Atlanta? Yes. That kind of thing. So yes. I always think of that as being very, like, yes, very much like rooted in reality, yeah. but but it's so surreal, yeah. and like you just absolutely. We were talking about Tony Morris. I don't know if you were recording when we mentioned Tony Morrison, but we were speaking about her, and she does that. Mm -hmm. You know, like ghosts will be popping up, and you know, and just the strangest thing, or like, um, so in. God help the child, the main character starts turning back into a child. But it's just, she's, it's just whatever. Like, it's just normal, like a normal thing. But when you're reading it, you're like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and I love that. I'm thinking, like, in terms
terms of um, back to sort of like processes mm. and everything, in terms of uh, what you write about, do you think you tend to write about similar subjects? Like what might be like the main thing that inspires you as a subject? I like to write about love. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of, I'm a romantic. Um, I enjoy it. Um, but what else? Do you have any love, uh, love poetry? I do. Um, I love love poetry. Yeah, let me. Okay. Everyone loves love. Do you know what? It's a Sunday and this is what I want. Um, okay then. Yeah, let me find something. You, you say, you said, you sounded like I'm like, sorry that it's about love. And I was like, I actually think that's like the only thing that binds us as humans yeah. I'm glad you, I'm everyone glad you just think wants that. to be loved <laughs> everyone just well yeah everyone and just wants to be loved though there's a lot of different types of love though I guess like yeah. when you when you say that I immediately think of romantic love but actually like, I've been I thinking think, more about family love and stuff mm, like I think that's why when you said you sound a little bit I think it's because I write about romantic love quite a bit um and I <laughs> want to still yeah it's valid it is valid it's but, so um, relatable to like, yeah. everyone yeah, yeah. Um, I do like romance I won't lie I do I like, what else do I write about? I write a lot about emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I write about delineation, making sense of things. I think that's what I would say if, if there's a theme to what my writing is about is making sense, whether it's of my childhood and things, whether it's um, about things I've believed and don't believe anymore, which is a big theme, um, whether it's how I'm feeling in a moment, why I feel that way, patterns in my life and what the patterns are. Um, how someone's relating to me. I've written about people before in their relation to me, um, my relation to them. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, that is that making sense of life, figuring out the truth of something, um, if that the truth exists. But mm. I think that's what the big, the, and through these different, through these different prisons, yeah, sensuality, music, ref- music references, um, black women references, um yeah yeah I would say that so this one I actually oh goodness I can slightly plug myself yes do it so um the beginning of the year first of January I put out a small little poetry EP and it was called my love's the mid-morning sun so it was it was about lots of different types of love romantic love um the loss of romantic love family love friendship love um love of the self um love for a friend um and this one is one of the more kind of romantic forward slash sensual kinds. And it's called Dusky As. Dusky is warm filament, thorough in the way you speak. Sop up my face, anoint me, linger and make me whole. Your love is absolution, marching towards me like a cresting wave. Guided by the waist, taken beyond the beaded curtain. It reminds me and I repent once more. How long does it take you to write something like that? Uh, not that long, actually. Um, I always I'm an editor. I like to edit and go back and right, like, you know, perfect things. Um, this so if you count all the edits, because sometimes I like we'll be like on the train or I'll be like running somewhere. I'm like, oh, this is how I could change this bit and this. So I like <laughs> write it down or somewhere. Or, um, but in terms of like the quote-unquote first draft, maybe this might have taken like an afternoon, maybe. Really? It's tiny. There's barely any words. <laughs> God, it would, I just think I'd just be going over it 
for like a year or something oh yeah going over it for a year yes, yeah absolutely definitely but like the initial idea and getting it down yeah probably take about an afternoon or so and how do you know it's done mm. nothing's ever done it's done when you say if i keep going i'm gonna ruin it yes that's mm. it that's okay. it yeah so it's when you um are like okay i'm just being silly now or like you make a you make a change and then you just change it back that's when you know it's finished i guess yeah kind of like the quit whilst you're ahead yeah kind of thing it's like you'll butcher it or you'll change you'll ruin it if you keep adding things or changing things or so on and so forth or if you I send my work to people quite a lot so if someone has um read it and they've kind of internalized it and I maybe may have changed something but they remembered what I had done before then that version is the finished one if that makes sense sense, yeah. yeah it does um and I know it's just two people here but how do you find the courage to like stand up and read out your your words because I it's such a state of vulnerability that Mm. I'm actually not comfortable with myself like to do I just I couldn't do it I know I couldn't um how do I find the courage I guess because I I don't know I just even when I get nervous I just do it anyway or I think I'd regret it I'd regret it if I didn't do it Mm. that's a lot of it when I'm really nervous about something um, whether it's performing a piece, I'm like, if I don't perform it, I'm going to sat at this open mic and I don't perform this thing, I'll regret it. And also, every time I've been really nervous, the performance has always been the best and I've always gotten something, like it's always impacted, it always impacts someone. So I'm like, okay, if I'm not nervous, then probably I shouldn't do it. But if I'm really nervous about it, then, yeah, then and then I should do it. And it usually... Yeah, something great happens afterwards. Yeah. What do you feel afterwards when you've you've kind of you've read something out and you're really nervous about it and it's like a relief or do you get like an endorphin kick? Endorphin, or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a release. It's like a shake of a whew. And how do you take compliments from other people? Very badly. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. How many times do you I sometimes I don't know what to do. Like I'm just like thank you and then they want to yeah. chat and I'm like this is this is a lot I'm overwhelmed yeah. <laughs> like in fact I was at a um poetry night and the intro the guy who introduced me is a friend of mine and the introduction I was like he was like she has this amazing online presence and she's put this thing out on band camp and she's a man I'm like what do you want me to do now like <laughs> what if I'm shit <laughs> what if everyone's like oh you bigged up this girl now she's shit like, I, oh I, could, I can't handle it I just like, let me just go up there and do my thing. And if you liked it, message me two weeks later, you know, but no, yeah. You, you take them gracefully. You just say thank you. And um, yeah, I'm saying, speaking like I'm famous. Besides, <laughs> 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 some people will get really, really embarrassed and be like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not. And sometimes people are like, well, are they just being like, having some sort of false sense of modesty or are they actually not confident in themselves or like so it is I think it's quite a difficult thing actually as a performer to take a compliment politely whether you feel that or or not so I think the main thing you just say thank you like you have to at least acknowledge that they've said it and be like thank you I'd appreciate I actually genuinely appreciate it as well like it's not a thing of like Ugh, why are they compliment? I do genuinely appreciate it It just Mm. can be a bit overwhelming I was thinking quite a lot actually recently about introverts and extroverts and what that means and if you can have introverted extroverts and things Mm. like that what would you call yourself 
ambivert. So that's like the mixture of the two, extrovert and introvert. Um, I would say, I or I'm an introvert that is very expressive um, and likes being around people. Does that does that does that does that exist? That's yeah. the thing. I think it's a it's quite there's quite a yeah. wide sort yeah. of line there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm comfortable. Uh, maybe I'm. I don't know if vulnerability and extrovert introvert are even really linked like that, but I'm very comfortable with vulnerability. Um, there's some things that I'm not. Obviously, everyone has their lines and stuff, but I'm quite comfortable with it. Um, and poetry is quite a introverted thing to do, but I think I'm also willing to to share it and so on. So I don't. Yeah, ambivert. I guess. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that poetry is quite an introverted thing because I. I would see it as um, something that extroverts do sometimes, mm. or so, or something mm. that really confident people can do to get up and um, to perform it. Yeah, to right. So performing and writing. Yeah, two different, different things. Oh, two completely different right. mind frames. Right. Two okay. completely different mind frames. Because when you're writing it, you're like it's just you, your thoughts, your your most kind of yeah most vulnerable self, um, and then being then it's like the extrovertness is actually going up and performing it or sharing it because there's a lot of people that write lots and lots and lots of poets that don't share their work um and you wouldn't you wouldn't call what they do not poetry just because they're not sharing it but it's yeah it's two different definitely two different mind frames do you think anyone could uh write and perform poetry um and what would you say to someone who might be thinking about it where, um, where would they start I would say in terms of, I think in terms of writing something and performing it, anyone can do it in terms and with confidence as well. But I think in terms of the craft of writing, it's like, it's like a band or like a being a musician. You know, anyone can pick up a guitar and go up on a stage and perform it. But then there's this, there's a, there's a craftsmanship or musicianship. Um, and I think, so if anyone wanted to, was interested in writing one obviously like get comfortable with your emotions mm. and um if that's what you want to write about because maybe you don't but if you did get get comfortable with your emotions and um and learn how to make sense of them and then read a lot read a lot because then the more you read and also just like soak in words because words aren't just in books they're everywhere um metaphors are everywhere in images if you see that way sorry <clears throat> um if you see the metaphor in like an art piece or in music or whatever like just soak up everything so that you have a big toolbox to be able to express and write that emotion um in your way but also in a way that's beautiful and and because poetry is also about the beauty of language as well mm. um and I'm really I, I'm, I'm big on that I think great poems also yes while being super honest and vulnerable or having a point or an intention also just technically um loves language and uses it and and plays with it and um manipulates it in a way that is like wow oh that was a lovely sentence I love reading lovely sentences and great mm. sentences you know um so read and see them and then as you read 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 you'll start to develop your own um, way of writing a beautiful sentence. Mm. Do you ever find that 
sentences look different on a piece of paper to how or feel different when you're looking at it on a piece of paper to how it's performed yeah but I use I grew up playing classical piano and I use punctuation and the font and the way that it's written very much like state um dynamics mm. so like a rest is like a comma right. or a line break is like I don't know, like a, a pause or, you know, writing something in a certain way is like going, like a crescendo or something. Mm. Um, so yes, they are, they, yes, there are differences, but there are ways that you can, um, there's ways that you can write so that when it's performed, it kind of yeah. has a similarity as well. Yeah, yeah it's translated. Translated. <laughs> that's, the per- that's the word, that's the word. Do you write on a phone, on your notes, on a, in like a notepad, pen and paper? Laptop mainly. Interesting. I write on my laptop. I think that's a very left field answer. Yeah. I would have gone for like either like an knife, like a phone, yeah. or like pen and paper. Mm, I yeah. write on a laptop. Yeah, yeah, I write on my laptop. Um, I like form. Um, I like the way that it looks, and that's part of when I write it is creating how it will look on the page as well. Mm. Um, but I do. I write a lot of initial ideas on my phone and in. What's next for you? What What do you hope is next? Um, what would be amazing is to put out some books, have some plays produced, and to just be doing that for a living. That would be that's the blessing. That would be the blessing, the dream. much for listening to this interview with lids we hope that you enjoyed it as much as we have and although it's not strictly about music you know music and poetry are family really (laughs) you can find out more about lids and listen to more of her audio collection by checking out her website that's lydialuke.com leave a review subscribe follow follow and rate Rate us, rate us, then it helps more people find us. We hope you've enjoyed the episode and want to keep us on repeat. You can follow, subscribe and like us on your podcast platform of choice and slide into our DMs on Instagram by following us at onrepeatthepodcast. All information will be included in the show notes. On Repeat was made, produced and edited by us and the theme music is an original piece by Ellie's jazz band Fujiyama and wonderfully resampled by Dee, the producer, for the podcast. All of our guests give us permission to use their music. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to keep it on repeat.